Hello and welcome to Meditations on the Book of Romans with me, Chris Wickland. Hope you're all well out there. So today we're on episode two. So last week we just looked at the word Paul and this week we're going to get a little bit more into the verse. So Romans 1, 1, this is where we're going to get up to today. It says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus. Paul opens his letter with his name and his calling. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus. Now, the Greek word here for servant in the New Testament is doulos, which means a slave, one in chains, to be devoted to another to the disregard of one's own personal interests. Now, Paul states in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, he says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. The ultimate son of God and the ultimate servant of God is none other than Jesus himself, the perfect example. And I often hear some Christians state that, oh, I'm not a slave, I'm a son, or I'm a daughter of God. And so the idea of being a slave or a servant to God uh, as a servant, uh, sorry, as a son or a daughter seems utterly repugnant to them. And yet, isn't this what Jesus taught us and what the apostle Paul is trying to imitate and encourage us to imitate? Yes, we are sons and daughters of God and have a rich inheritance in God and especially in the resurrection, etc. But like Christ, like the apostles, we too are called to live a life of service to him this side of eternity. Indeed, even in the age of the resurrection of the dead, we will all have work to do in God's kingdom, serving and executing his biddings. I'm reminded of an old worship song by Graham Kendrick titled The Servant King. I love the chorus about Jesus's humility, yet his authority. And it says, this is our God, the servant king. He calls us now to follow him, to bring our lives as a daily offering of worship to the servant king. Reflect on this for a moment. The very hands that laid the foundations of the earth and set the heavens in their place was the same hands that washed the disciples' feet. Now that's humility and servanthood on a whole other level. Now we may think, we're being humble and a servant if we wash another's feet. But if, put it this way, but if you were the king of the universe and creator and Lord God of all and then wash someone's feet, well, that clearly is true humility and servanthood, the likes that we could barely even begin to fathom. And also remember what Jesus says, John 5, 19. Truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son does also. So this means that if Jesus washed the feet and served his disciples, then it was because it was the father doing it through him. John 14, 9, anyone who's seen me has seen the father. So it was really not just Jesus, the servant king, but actually God, the father through his son was washing the disciples feet. I don't think we've really thought this through as believers. All of Jesus' actions and teachings was at the behest of the Father. And if God the Father serves humanity in this way through his Son, how much more should we serve one another and Christ and the Father via the Spirit of the living God every day of our lives? When we object to servitude to God, his people and his word, we become at loggerheads with the very nature of God and his kingdom. 1 John 3.16, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Galatians 5.13, for you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. 
Anyway, back to Romans 1.1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. Now, in today's world of big glam and bling ministries, I sometimes see people trying to start ministries, which is really to the glory of them than Jesus. You see, the true hallmark of a minister or servant in God's kingdom is one, is that, or, or we have to ask ourselves, what is this hallmark? And it is really, who are they serving? Whose interests are they serving? Are they a servant of Christ or they are servant of their own ego, their own glory, their own ambitions? Is their ministry about them or is it really about Christ and his church, which is his very present body on the earth? The Apostle Paul was utterly devoted to Christ and his people, the church. You know, he laid down his life for them, was persecuted, beaten, whipped and shipwrecked for them. As Christ laid down his life for us, so Paul laid down his life for Christ. Being a servant of God is costly, yet the rewards far outshine the cost. And even if there were no rewards for a life of service in Christ, he is so worthy of our laying down our lives in servitude. We're all called to serve Jesus in this way. Romans 12:1 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Did you notice the last few words in that verse? This is your true and proper worship. Worship is not merely about singing songs, hymns and spiritual songs, etc. True worship is when we lay down our lives, our wills, our agendas and say, not my will be done, but yours, O God. This is true love. This is true sacrifice and servanthood. That we lay down our lives and make them instruments of God to live in a manner that gives glory and honor to him. Now, this all sounds very saintly and hard to do, right? Well, maybe, but let's keep it simple. Start small and go from there. Be kind to people. Be helpful. Serve in some way in the local church. Be a blessing and not a hindrance. Pray a little more. Meditate on scripture a little more. Be less worldly and more about God's kingdom. It breaks father's heart when he sees his children being spiteful, divisive and selfish to one another and with one another. He wants to see his sons and daughters follow the example of his son. This is what gives joy to the father. This is what pleases him. Be like Jesus. One last comment on the Apostle Paul calling himself a bondservant or a servant in chains is that Paul was a Roman citizen. Romans were not allowed to become slaves. They were, after all, a civilized people. You could purchase a Roman citizenship, which would cost a lot of money, which would give you great freedoms and privileges. Yet Paul was born a Roman citizen. Now, we know this from Acts 22, verses 25 to 28, which says, But when they had stretched him out for the whips, Paul said to the centurion, who was standing by, Is it lawful for you to flog a Roman citizen uncondemned? And when the centurion heard this, he went to the tribune and said to him, What are you about to do for this man's a Roman citizen? So the tribune came and said to him, Tell me, are you a Roman citizen? And he, Paul, said, Yes. The tribune answered, I bought this citizenship for a large sum. Paul said, but I am a citizen by birth. For Paul as a Roman citizen to call himself a slave in chains would have been unthinkable as a Roman. And here Paul, who is addressing his letter to the believers in Rome, is showing that his kingdom status in Christ is more important than the empire of which he is a citizen of. Paul is a citizen of Rome 
uh, and he knew very well the legal privileges at his disposal. Yet he considered his humility and servitude to the king of kings way greater than any meagre emperor. Paul knew his rights and freedoms, yet traded them in to become a slave. Who would do such a thing? Paul did. But why? And I'll end with this. Philippians 3 verses 8 to 10. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered loss of all things and count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the Torah, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And, my sh- and that I may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Let's just end with a prayer. Lord God, I pray that every day that you help us to live more and more a life of service. I pray that you help us to be more like Jesus, who lived his life in service to his father and through that served humanity. And, th- and the father through his son was serving humanity as well. Lord, I pray that you give us tender hearts to learn to love one another, to serve one another, and to be there for one another. And Lord, that we put your will over our will, and we put your kingdom over our aspirations and ministry and everything else. And Lord, that we have that forever wonderful moment in the garden of Gethsemane, living in our hearts, where Jesus says, not my will be done, but your will be done. Amen. Amen.